0: Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are.
1: This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show, and I hope that you will be
2: inspired by what you hear today.
3: Kyle Davis, Lewiston, Maine. Hey,
2: everybody. Green Maze, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H.
3: Paul
4: from St. Cloud, Minnesota.
5: Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada.
4: Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha.
6: This is
7: Cheryl from Hawaii. And finally, Aloha, Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marcia's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. If you recall, at the beginning of our journey, I mentioned that we're on a quest to find balance. Balance between giving and receiving. And we started out our journey, the first five chapters, with learning how to receive more by figuring out who we are and what we have. And in this class tonight, we're going to wrap up our first leg of our journey. We're going to wrap up the whole section one, preparing to receive, as we talk about lessons 18, 19, and 20. So with a deep breath, Let's dive in. Marsha, do you recall when you first went through exercise 18, start now, when we talked about planning out who and what you want and finding mentors and all of that, do you recall what happened when you read that start now? Did that jiggle the nerves a little bit?
8: It did, because I was never taught to be choosy with. Who I am going to approach. So I didn't really look for anybody except for the fact that they were a network marketer or somebody building a business. I told that, hey, it's okay to be choosy because the whole idea for what I had learned was to get as many ebook downloads because that was the whole thing. And I stopped to realize something and I said, wow, now I'm being told, go and find somebody who has what I want, who's doing what I'd like to be doing. And so that was a whole different approach for me to look at. Where do I search? How do I find these people? How do I discover who's doing what I'm doing? Okay, I can do a Google search, but now how do I approach them? <laughs> that was completely different. now. In this exercise, I'm told I can be used. So I'm like, okay, now that's a whole different
7: mindset right there. So exercise 17 then, Marsha, gave you an outline, gave you some suggestions on not only how to find some people, but what happens when you after you find them, right? And then exercise 18, now this is where the rubber meets the road. Do you recall what it was like the first time you approached... Someone that you wanted to get to know because they're doing what you want to be doing?
8: I read that having to start that conversation felt a bit awkward.
7: I wasn't mm. sure
8: how to approach it. It was a good thing that you actually had an example in as to how to approach somebody. I really appreciate that. And that was on page 89. And that was that we have something in common. Yes, I can start the conversation that way, but I think I really appreciated that you went a little further with that example, and you actually showed us, or showed me, how I can actually affirm that we have scheduled something that we can do together, that you ask for an hour or more.
7: Marsha, I'm wondering, did you find by having that structure, it took some of the fear away about approaching another person just to talk with them?
8: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. It took a lot of the fear away because here I was trying to figure out how do I approach this person without really having my agenda in there. And Now, I was taught not to have an agenda, but then it would just turn to casual conversation This example here was much more structured, and it showed me that, hey, I can show that I'm taking an interest in the other person, and here's the
7: reason why. Let me follow that up with just to all team seekers. The question is, when someone approaches you with a fairly reasoned either phone call or email or letter, it's abundantly clear that they've done a little bit of research about you and that they're interested in you and that they have two or three questions and they actually present the questions that they would like to talk with you about and then they ask whether or not you would be available for a phone call, do you find that if you were to receive such a letter, you might be a little more open to talking with that person versus some vague, hi, I spotted you online and I want to talk to you? To me, that always comes across as a little creepy. (coughs) Who wants to chime in on that?
9: I've been the creepy (laughs) guy and saying things like, writing things like, so if you were open to something, what would it be? You know, some random, ridiculous question. So I've been that guy. I've also been the receiver of those random questions. I had one today. It was really fun. I had one today um, where somebody said, if I could show you how to do reverse prospecting, would you be interested in that? I got to think it. I might be interested in that, but for different reasons than you think. (laughs) What it got was interesting. But then I'm in explorer mode right now. Two months ago, I would have looked at that and said, I'm not looking for a network marketing opportunity, sweetheart. Thanks so much.
1: (laughs) I feel more comfortable with the second way someone wanting to ask me a few questions the one that just sees me online and says i'd like to talk to you i've met a lot of scammers online a lot of guys especially i notice that it's usually always a guy who says they'd like to talk to me and then they end up not being for real So while i am looking for someone to date i'm on there for business too you have to be careful there's a lot of scammers on there too that i found
7: i'm totally So, Cindy, if I'm hearing you correctly, when somebody approaches you and it's clear that they've done a little research on you, I mean, they've at least either looked at your associate page or they've done a little bit of listening to one of your shows and they've got specific questions they want to talk with you, that gives them a little more credibility in your mind, yeah?
9: Oh, yes,
1: for sure. Okay. I mean, I know it's about me professionally and not just some guy that I don't know and then they end up being a scam artist. (laughs) They're not for real. They have a fake profile up there.
7: Right. Oh, fake profiles on the internet? Never. No. (laughs) Facebook's
2: loaded with them.
3: Mm.
2: I think... I always enjoy taking an interest in someone because they take an interest in me. If I'm all about me, just talking about me and saying, oh, I have this and I have that. And that's with any relationship, online, offline, romantic, non-romantic, just friends. If I take an interest in other people, they take an interest in me. I think it's that simple. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Totally.
3: So strange. I'm sitting on here. I accept friends all the time on Facebook. There's so many of them that are actually out there to look for a man. And it, it drives me crazy. But there is one in particular that came on there today. And she says, I was looking over your timeline and the fan pages and another one. She's been doing some research on me. because wow, at least she's looking because most are on there. Oh, where do you live? Well, oh, it's in my about, obviously what's your email address? Well, it's right in there, but you don't look. It's like, hold on a minute. And then there's some that really do get into it. They want to know more about you. And they said, oh, well, I see you're in a health and wellness business. Oh. And so they're actually trying to break the ice a little bit at a time with me. That's really part of what I believe is marketing is a mutual situation. They're also approaching you. You're approaching them. You're not the same time simultaneously, obviously, but there's some that they like to be approached and there's some that won't approach you. I just want to throw that out there out of what I've noticed with the people that I deal with on a regular basis.
7: Okay, good stuff. Out of curiosity, on page 96, I bullet point out six different questions that I regularly use when I'm getting to know someone or wanting to know someone. And these questions offer an individual to stay at the surface level, if they wish, but it also opens the door to go into some depth. I don't know about you, I like to get into a little bit of depth with person. If we're going to stay on the surface level, that to me automatically tells me this may not be a fit. This person is just a little too reticent. As you know, I like to dive deep fairly quickly, and some people have told me that that's not really comfortable for them and i I appreciate that at the same time I recall when David H. Paul first contacted me and we started having a conversation. I specifically wrote down in my journal that day, "Wow, the first time in thirty six months someone's actually done their research." <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. That's my point. That's my point, So That's my point. There is actually a few elite people that are curious about what you're doing, and they're mm-hmm. actually looking at what you're doing. And then there's some, you kind of got to lead them to the hustle water. You also got to weed them out as to how they're coming across that here.
7: Good points there, Carl. If you got your book handy, I'd like you to turn to page 96. I'd like you to do a quick review of those questions. I'd like to hear some feedback of those bullet-pointed questions. Which one of those questions you felt most either comfortable with or unnerved by?
9: One of the questions that really unnerved me would be, how do you use your time? Mm. Do you set a daily schedule? Or is it, somebody asked me point blank, so how do you use your time? I wouldn't know how to answer necessarily. All right. But then the second question there about, do you set a daily schedule? It hones it in more. But at first, I'm a little up, a little bit intimidated. Second, but then as we hone it in to specifics, it's like, oh, yeah. Well, here's some things I use. There's some tools I use. Here's when I do them during my day. That can be really helpful. But it also can be really enlightening for me to explore, too. What am I? How am I using my time? Hmm.
7: <laughs> well, good. Thank you, David. There's some meta- information underneath that that's important to learn. For example, if you ask me, how do I use my time, and I give you a very vague, unstructured answer, and I float all over the place, and the person that you're looking to learn from, you actually would like them to be a little bit more focused, what just happened there?
9: I found out I do not have a fit for that need that I have.
7: Bingo. Ladies and gentlemen, do you see how I can flip each one of these questions? Underneath each one of these questions is actually a need that I have that I seek assistance with. Did that occur to you?
3: No.
8: (laughs) It had not occurred to me.
7: So the questions that you want to present to the person that you're interviewing I invite you to couch the question with overtones that gracefully, tactfully include insights on what you are seeking. Did that make any sense? Chapter 5 is about expanding how our worth grows by expanding relationships that are mutually beneficial, mutually Underline, bold, blinking, 24-size font, mutually beneficial. If you stop and look back at your address book now, how many of those people in your address book are mutually beneficial?
8: I have tons and tons of contacts, but as far as being mutually beneficial for me, I could probably remove tons of them.
7: Do you understand how balance requires a reciprocal mix of people? If I have a whole bunch of unbalanced people in my life, would it be fair to say that I'm probably going to be fairly unbalanced myself? (laughs) It's that. Yep. Yep. And it is not my job to get those people balanced. It's my job to get rid of my own crap so that I can get balanced, so that I can open up the door and allow those who are already balanced to be delightfully surprised when they meet me. Thus the question, how much or little planning did you do? Again, when I ask a potential mentor, how much planning do you normally do? What I'm looking for there is this person balanced in their planning or is this person a micro planner meaning they plan everything down to the the minute if they're a micro planner i run from them because i know that if one domino falls in their schedule all hell will probably break loose anybody ever experienced that
9: <laughs>
7: yep <laughs> yep for 15 years oh yes.
9: oh
8: my gosh
7: yeah other comments on any of the other questions on page 96
8: i think the Did you ignore something during a specific time to lay a diminished growth for your health, stress? (laughs) I really need to get a better grasp on stress, I believe. Stress is a killer. I know that. Yet when I looked at my timeline, I realized that so much of my life had been centered around the stress of money. That right there. And it's not because I did the money, but it was some of the continuous circumstances that continued on. And I realized that that stress is so insidious that it could be happening behind the scenes and you don't even realize it. Very true. How do we get to that vibration? of, As Rick talks about that money vibration that will really get us to that vibration.
7: So let's flip it upside down. Marcia, you're approaching this from a viewpoint that you don't have the money, right? Right. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happens if you flip the vibration to, I already have the money, I just can't seem to find it. Hmm. I must have lost it someplace.
8: I guess that's
7: an easier way to approach it, yeah. Uh-huh. Gotta <laughs> It's there. Just like unconditional love is always circling us, one of the more fascinating things that I've enjoyed with Tonya's blog posts and our discussions is, Tonya, is it fair to say that you're waking up to so much that's always been right in front of your nose? This same comment applies to I think both Marsha and Cheryl because Marsha and Cheryl Cheryl's blog post recently made me giggle because <laughs> Cheryl you're beginning to wake up with that silly little smile on your face every morning and I can remember when Marsha was like I can't stop smiling how did that happen
6: <laughs> Yes I agree with Marsha I remember when she started saying that a few months ago and I was not at that point. I started that like, I don't know, this week, the week before or something. I just feel new sense of energetic and enthusiasm and stuff and like I have this silly little grin on my face, you know? Yeah, it's a total different feeling and like vibration is going up. You can't mope around it just gives
7: you extra energy so marcia to answer your question about the whole money vibration think of it this way i always use the illustration of an old upright piano that has just been played and played and played maybe the piano has been in some bar or whatever where just literally hundreds of people over the year have been playing and playing and playing it and it's probably been tuned once or twice in its life and it sounds like it's out of tune, but somebody who gets on there and knows what they're doing. They can still make it sound okay. But then a tuner comes in and fine tunes that piano and it's back in tune again. And it sounds even better. So when it comes to the money vibration, what I noticed in my life is I get out of tune when I doubt myself, when I feel guilty. I really get out of tune when I feel ashamed. I don't even think I can be tuned if I'm worrying. Does any of this make any sense?
8: Yes, it does. Yeah. And I've become more aware of that. I've become more aware that if I really start my day off with the right attitude, I'm raring to go. I'm feeling... Because for me... That smile on my face, I have to feel it on the inside. Like you said, I don't wanna just look in the mirror and put a false smile on my face just because society tells me that's how you have to be. But I feel it on the inside and then I feel that energy. I can go through my day. I'm aware when I do have those moments and it's usually right around the time bills are due. <laughs> And I'm like, how do I get past that? Because I don't have all that money. I know that every month, somehow, those bills get paid. I know that already.
7: Marcia, I'm curious, and the bigger issue is trust.
8: Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. But it's just the fact that I'm aware of that pattern, and I would love to just wipe out that pattern completely where the issue comes up and I just want to have enough money that I don't even have to look at that. Because I'm bouncing
2: Mar- back Marcia? between
8: Wednesday and
7: two. Uh-huh. You're cycling. Uh-huh. You haven't let it go and you're ignoring your answer. Okay. I just said it was an issue of trust and you agreed. True? Yeah. yeah. You just made the statement that every month the bills get paid. So, is it fair to say that you can trust your bills are paid.
8: Yeah. Okay. I got it.
7: <laughs> Take the needle off the record.
3: You're Starting to skip, Masha.
5: I think it's really hard for me at times, or it has been hard in the past for me to trust in the universe, to trust in my intentions because the results aren't right in front of you. So I find that I have to increase the faith that, hey, I'm on the right path. I know where I'm going. I'm giving and receiving equally, and I'm putting out good vibrations. I find myself worrying less about money, primarily because I have income. If I keep doing what I'm doing with Pay Me What I'm Worth and masterminding and stuff, that I'm going to get to the financial state I want to be in, and I'll be able to buy a home and keep building my business. I just think it's difficult if the results aren't there right away. Ah, that's ah, ladies and gentlemen first of first. the jury,
7: ladies and gentlemen of the jury, what word is Chris using that's currently sabotaging him? There's one two-letter word that he's just used twice in the last 30 seconds. If. Whenever I hear the word if, you do not trust yourself. You're giving yourself an option out. All of the time
3: that I've been programming my mind and my vibration into being what I need to be for myself. It just so happens that I was talking about, I must do these things. Well, must was not the word that I should have been saying. It should have been, I will. And Bingo. I must. must is putting yourself into an overbearing state. and must do it. Like someone going off to church, I must do it like a ritual or a duty or I must do this rather than I want to or I will. So I thought I would throw that vibration out there.
7: Perfect. Folks, think about this. Come on. Chapter five is about building healthy relationships. Do you want relationships full of pending clauses and wishy-washy maybes or do you want relationships that are feeling solid and stable and inclusive. Yep, that's what I want. Have you noticed that when I talk with you all, I talk about when we do the following things. Yes. I don't say if we do some of these things. How we talk, the way that I worded each one of those questions on page 96, There's more to the story in every one of those questions. Ask yourself those questions and see what you come up with. And if you come up with some weeble wobbly, insecure feeling, if I ask you one of those questions and I'm weeble wobbly and insecure, I'm passing that vibration on to you. Yeah?
5: Yeah. Yeah.
7: Is that the type of mentor you want? Do you want them to mentor you and how to be more weeble wobbly? Yeah.
3: No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you
9: know,
3: they're all wishy-washy, and you're expecting to get them to lead you in the right direction? Well, I'm afraid you're going to be wishy-washy just like them.
7: Oops, sorry. <laughs> so let's wash the wishy-washy out of our systems. Page 97. I would encourage you to take your book to a copy machine, take a copy of that page, or... I believe you all have an e-copy. When I first sent you your welcome to Team Seekers, your introductory email had a link to download the e-copy. You can copy, paste that, and print it off. But the Exercise 19 Smarter Goals will completely eliminate wishy-washiness. What struck you as you read Exercise 19? All of the information in that exercise has been shared by countless teachers across the centuries. I don't know that there's one single thing that's new on page ninety seven. But did something jump out at you that it felt
4: new? I like the trackable chest part because I guess the goals I've made in my life have all been, well I'm gonna do this and I just go and do it and this made me see that oh there's actually people that sort of track their goals and have a way to measure them and look at them in a analytical way. <laughs> oh,
9: in
7: a
4: there's thing. a good... No,
9: there's
7: yeah. a good reason. Yeah. Oh, it?
4: Excuse
9: me.
7: Flooring, <laughs> no, I agree.
4: It's cool. I really liked it. When I saw this whole page, I was like, damn, this should have been in the beginning.
7: <laughs> right
4: in the Sorry. beginning. <laughs> Never mind. No, but I really like this part because it's really going to help me a lot to structure the goals that I have or my new goals, is going to really, really help me. So thank you. I
3: like, I like the, the, a, the experience, the expertise, and the enjoyable part of that soul. Because it's something that Kareem does to me quite frequently. He'll develop something and then he'll bring it back to my attention. He'll invite people to review what he's done and his goal and what have you. And I think that's really a part of the mastermind group that we are all developing at least that's what I feel about it. I feel like if it wasn't for the people involved in it, then letting them know that saying their words, their peace, their whatever they feel about it, you pick up on their expertise like Rex and his expertise and some of the things he does, Marshalls and yours and meanss and, and on and on and on. it's expertise, experience, and enjoyableness at the same time what I found. The feeling that I'm getting from at least Kareem when he's ringing me up and he's seeing something that he's fixed up and he likes it really, really well, but he wants an opinion on it. I feel so honored when he gives me that chance to review it and show him and tell him what I think about it.
1: I like that specific and significant. It reminds me of Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill that you have to have specific goals, not general goals. The specific goals are going to work, not the ones that aren't as broad. That are broad and general goals, specific and significant goals.
7: Cool, Rick. You reminded me that in the upcoming version two, being issued out this next August, I'm going to add another A word related to the trackable issue, and that is adjust. If you ever notice good leaders as they track things just like sailing a large vessel you're constantly looking at the horizon line, your guide you're constantly adjusting to meet the wind, to meet the waves. So as I'm tracking things, if something says look, looks like you need to adjust something here so that it can be achievable attainable i left off that a word how many of you have found yourself falling into the abyss because you set a goal and you wrote it in stone and you poured it in concrete and you did not adjust it thinking that by remaining steady and strong in the original goal it will correct itself and it only made it worse <laughs> I resemble that <laughs> remark.
8: Yeah. Hmm. Did I run that yes. Yeah. I the only when I decided to adjust things is when I actually got myself more open to other ideas, other people's perspectives. That really helped me. That's like me. Stepping out of one thing and stepping into
0: another thing called "Pay Me What I'm Worth."
7: <laughs> Yay!
0: Think about this, ladies and gentlemen, especially
7: <laughs> you musicians. When you start playing your guitars, Kareem. When you start playing your instruments, Chris, you gotta tune them up, right?
5: Yeah, we gotta tune our guitars up and everything else. Yes, absolutely. So, same thing with an orchestra or a band or even a choir.
7: Before they sing or before they play, they've got to tune their instruments. Yeah. Every song, because here in Hawaii, like my ukulele, it starts to
4: warm up if I take it out in the morning. I have to tune it. Sort of cold yet, then it'll start to warm up. About ten o'clock, eh, comes out of tune. Got to do it every song. Bingo. Just like you were saying. It reminded me of a story when Cheryl and I had a sailboat on the mainland. I wanted to take her sailing, and oh, I was the big sailor. I had sailing lessons. She worked with cloth. She's like, I've never been on a sailboat. I don't know what to do. I go, you will know what to do as soon as you look at it. I kept telling her. As soon as we got out on the canal and stuff, she goes, don't you think if you tighten that rope right there that that piece of cloth would be tighter and we'd go faster? I thought you didn't know how to sail. Remember?
6: Yeah. She knew how to sail better than me. <laughs> she
4: was paying more attention to me at the, where the bow of the bow was pointing because she was a little more paranoid, right? I was like, ah, we can write that. But she was a way better sailor than me from just intuitive. She never was taught.
6: I just watched which way the wind was going in the sails and adjusted. We always have to adjust your trek to do whatever works best.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. So we need that adjustment in
6: there. Yeah, adjustment's a good word to add to that list.
7: I like that. So everybody in your book, add the word adjustment in the A line. And you'll be ahead of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a perfect segue to begin to wrap up Chapter 5 of Pay Me What I'm Worth. Congratulations, you've made it through the first half. Uh, pay me what I'm worth. Do you sense that this journey has adjusted
5: you in any yeah. way? Could I please tell you what I've learned in the last six months from this course? I've learned how to catch myself when I'm falling into negative habits, like when I'm dealing with my roommate or somebody else. And when I've been rude to certain people, I'm noticing myself, catching myself in old patterns and going, wait, no, explore this. Why am I behaving this way? Stop this. Approach from a different angle. That's that part of it. Second thing I learned is to value myself and not settle for anything but what I feel I deserve and what I earn from other people and what I put out. Third is I've learned how to be more patient with people and more patient with myself, especially with Kareem and and what we're doing, being very patient with that. Fourth is being more caring and loving towards my teacher because she's been there for me when no one else has. So I've learning more about how to treat her better and accept her suggestions mm-hmm. rather than take them as criticisms. I've learned that everyone in Team Seekers can help me and my life and I'm very appreciative of Soul and this entire course and everyone in our class. And I've learned mm-hmm. so much from you guys so thank you so much. Thank you Soul.
2: Wow that's awesome. I actually could follow up with that. I've learned quite a bit too. I've learned to kick the analytical side to the curb a little bit. Not every second of the day, but instead of like looking at everything as business and science and I got to figure out the solution to everything, I stopped and I said, well, you know listen to my heart a little bit and do some crazy stuff and have some fun. Another thing that I've learned that's really helped me and I think has helped a lot of other people is to actually be more patient and be, like Chris was saying, more appreciative of other people's views. And even though, like, I may joke here and there, it helped me from joking all the time and just goofing off all the time. And I was joking a lot. And sometimes it wasn't very helpful to other people because it wasn't being respectful. I'm joking all the time and people are trying to be serious. Third, I've learned that... I have to stop multitasking constantly and just trying to do, like, 20 things at once because then my resource get misdirected and I can't give or receive very well because I'm stretched in, like, a hundred different directions. Of course, it's really helped me, and so have all of you. Thank you.
3: What I have experienced since I've been doing these and also editing as I hear them over and over and over of people's point lines, I realized that I wasn't really fulfilling me. I was fulfilling everyone else's wishes. Now that I realize that, I've become more grounded. Like people don't exactly like me the same way they used to because I am that grounded and I'm laying down the ground rules. That's what I had to do at the beginning of this call. I had someone that was a red personality, and all they thought about was what their point of view was going to be, and they didn't care what I was doing. They soon found out that my direct side said, you will not interfere with my stuff. This is my mind training. This is my familia or family training with my feet. That's what I classify everybody here on.
7: Wow. That's huge, Carl. Thank you. Who's next? Who else has noticed they've changed the tact in their sale based on what they've experienced as they've taken this journey with us?
8: I know that my sales have really increased. I'm willing and open to experiencing so much more. I thought I was off my world to having more experiences in my life because I had had enough <laughs> in my past. But the experiences I'm having are different. They're refreshing. It feels like the wind to myself is really picking up. So I like the experience I'm having. I'm so grateful for the experience I get to have with this class. (laughs) Um, You folks are teaching me like you would not believe. (laughs) (laughs)
7: Likewise. Likewise. Because of my
8: better
6: self-worth, getting out and volunteering and meeting other people instead of just staying home as much, one of the things that it's helped me with is I have always taken anything that anybody said to me very critical because that's the way my household was when I was growing up. There was never anything positive. It was always really bad criticism. In my getting out and getting in the community more and stuff, instead of taking things so critical, now I can look at people's different views and different things that they say to me and know that they're not always criticizing me and saying everything that's bad, that I can see their point of view and that it's not, that they're trying to rub something in my face that I had done wrong. So it's really helped me with that.
4: I think for me it saved my ass because this whole process that you've set up here, in that it changed my whole focal point. I was focused on a bunch of bullshit before, the medical community, the state of the union, the world, the, all this other crap, when the most beneficial thing to me would be to focus on myself and get my own shit together, let's say rather than worry about what they're doing somewhere where I've never been or people I've never seen and getting information from people I don't even know. So it really helped me with that. And Cheryl would attest to that too.
6: Absolutely. (laughs) This is much better stuff to think about than thinking about how the world is going down.
4: Well, I've always been like an information sponge. Then this course helped me realize that my focal point really is what I'm going to be absorbing and reflecting back to the world. So thank you for that.
6: Yep, you get back what you put out there. So whatever you're thinking about, it's going to come back.
4: Yeah, so don't think about lightning too much. (laughs) So better your theory right there.
7: (laughs) Well, I want to emphasize what Cheryl and Rick just said. The level of work that Cheryl and Rick have put into this program is well above the norm based on my experience over the past decade. And I understand it, Cheryl and Rick, you have the time that most people don't, which is a benefit. That, that's what you think. We don't got time.
6: <laughs>
4: we're living. You guys have time. You guys have jobs. You guys have lives. We don't have time because we're living we there you go. our lives to do this. Wow. Yeah, it's paying off big time. You guys got all the freaking time in the world. But me, nope. I got to go surfing. Mm-hmm. Cheryl has to paint her stuff. I got to take <laughs> care of my pig. Dude, I have no time. Okay? <laughs> so don't, don't get I, that in your head where I have all this time and everything. Dude, can, I'm out there full freaking on, right on the razor's
7: edge, living, breathing, and out there, dude. Living. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. You. All right. I have to admit, the first time I went through my own book and I did my own exercises, there was a huge amount of my own ego going in there. Oh, I've done that. Oh, I've done that. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I've done that. I intellectualized. I intellectualized. And I got a little bit out of it. But then there was a part of me who said, look, you freaking hypocrite. If you don't do the exercises as they've been channeled to you, how dare you? <laughs> ask anyone to do these exercises. So get over your ass, get over yourself, and do the damn exercises. Talk about smacking my own self upside the head. I'll give you a
4: tip. If you do this course with somebody else, if you're doing this course with someone that's taught someone from first grade to graduate from college, and that's sitting right next to you every day, come on! I mean, how much effort are you going to put into it if someone next to you is like doing reading the chapter five (laughs) times, doing all the exercises, the book sitting on the table, you have to move it out of the way so you can eat your
9: breakfast. And then he
6: says, well, I think I did exercise 19 pretty good. I says, well, did you do 17 and 18 too? (laughs) Well, uh, uh,
4: So that's how it goes. If you go with someone else and you're living with someone else doing it, holy shit. <laughs> it's okay, it's worse than boot camp. I didn't live with my drill sergeant. He just showed up every morning. Uh-huh. I wasn't sleeping with my drill sergeant, okay? <laughs>
6: I don't tell him that he has to do it. Just if he uh-huh. brags, if he brags that he has to Number 19 done, and I know that he didn't do the other ones. I might bring it up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But other than that, I don't say anything unless he says... Right,
9: she doesn't
4: have to say anything, (laughs) brah.
9: You know how the way he me make.
4: They just look at you a certain way. They don't have to say anything, right? Remember how your mom looked at you? Oh,
7: look. Yep. (laughs) Good stuff.
8: all the more reason why... It is so wonderful to be able to do it with a whole class of people. I don't think I would get much out of it if I did it just on my own. It would have been so much harder for me to do it on my own.
2: I wanted to make the point, if it was a solo mission, you couldn't give and receive, and you couldn't learn from others. And that's Bingo. the whole point of this course, is to learn and give and receive from others in wisdom and in other ways, whatever ways come up. I can only learn so much from me. Even though it's important that I learn about myself, by learning about others and seeing what they do, I can learn more about myself as well and more about them. It just makes
7: the team more interconnected. Well put, Kareem. And it's more rich, isn't it? To me, it's yummier. It's tastier. It's more exciting.
2: Yeah, you can't have evil villain laughs randomly and people are like, going
7: <laughs> well, you can, but people look at you strange, uh, uh, speaking from person <laughs> anyway.
3: <laughs> no longer am I controlled by or empowered by a negative influence like that. I'm so thankful as now
7: I own my mind. Well, if you all recall, thank you, Carl, if you recall, Marcia, did I share this with Team Seekers about a comment, a retired drill sergeant of 30-some years, what his feedback was after going through this course?
4: No, you didn't. I don't think you did.
2: I never heard yeah. it.
7: I didn't tell you guys this. Yeah, I, I,
4: I remember him telling us yeah. that guy said it was worse than basic training. Sold class. <laughs> yep. I don't know if that was the exact words, but and if he's getting I that from drill this. sergeant, it is psychologically... When you go in the army, they strip you of your identity. But here, you strip yourself down to the bone. So it's like a self-stripping. And there, it's more of some external thing. They shave your head. They tell you you're a piece of crap. Here, it's the opposite. It's like the opposite of
7: basic training, I think. It's a build-up, not a breakdown. Totally. But the irony of this guy's comment. He said, so, I would rather go through boot camp as a plebe at 65 than go through your damn course again.
9: <laughs> Sign me
7: up. Boot camp ain't shit compared to this. I'll do, I'll do it.
2: Actually, it sounds like he didn't listen to the ground rules because he must have been doing some stuff that was real bad for him.
7: Uh, that might be. I have fun be. with this.
2: I blog about what I enjoy, and I come on, and I have fun. I don't see why he's hating.
7: Well, I think he was just trying to give me a hard time. To my regret, we did not record that, so I wish I had. Is it fair to say that as we get into learning how to give and we get a little more in the philosophical side of things, there's going to be some wonderful stuff you want to talk about?
8: Oh, yes. It is very fair to say. In fact, I... I learned a few concepts I learned a few ways of looking at things that I had never thought about before so it should be very interesting
0: Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder Are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. With the Lucky Lance you can get lucky just about anywhere.